Go, Chris. Goodbye, my friend. It's hard to die when all the birds are singing in the sky. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Love the graps. My name's Chris. I'm on the line with Alan. Hello from WrestleMania in an alternate universe. <laughs> There's Alan. Alan has been up all night watching all of the indie wrestling going on across WrestleMania weekend. Um, and he's In an alternate universe. Sleep deprived. Yeah. Um, uh, this is a podcast. It's about wrestling. Ostensibly, it's about wrestling. But it's really just two guys who are probably too old to be doing this stuff, talking about nonsense. Yeah, I mean, by... By this point in life, we should have like a music podcast or something. Yeah, like we should be like the oral, the oral equivalent of Q magazine or Mojo. Yeah. Yeah. Right, that's what everybody's doing. A song by song breakdown of the back catalogue of um, 10cc. That's what people are waiting for. I'm up for it. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. Depend how we'll work out how long this lockdown's going to go. Yeah, and then we'll get round to that. I think. Yeah, one song a day. Yeah, I I I, mean, I only know a handful of ten CC songs, so it'll be a it'll be an exploration. Yeah, it'll be quite the um, quite the journey for everyone involved. I mean, nobody would listen to that. No. But, um, well, I mean, I'm sure they have their fans. I'm sure Jan Buxton would listen. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and um, Jan Buxton would be able to tell us where where they got their name, although most people know that. And Joe Atherton would listen, but only to see if we mention him. <laughs> That's what he does, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, we're in, what, day 72 of lockdown. <laughs> um, and um, I'm still not leaving the house very regularly. I did go to the supermarket this week. Right. Um, How was that? I, I managed to put it off for like a fortnight. Um, yeah. It was okay. I only ended up going to Iceland because I was that was the first one I came to. Right. Um, and then they had loads of like fresh veg and that in there, so um, so I did all right. But um, yeah, there was a queue outside. It's not very big, Iceland. Iceland's are never that big, are they? No. Really. Um, it's kind of a medium-sized supermarket. Um, and uh, there was a queue outside. Not a long queue. There's a security man. And, and people, when I got to the queue, people were keeping, like, a good distance between themselves. Yeah. Until the fella, the, this couple of lads who came up and stood directly behind me, uh. like, as close as you could get in a queue. Well, uh, without, you know, being dicked apart. Um, but, like, and, and what do you do? I, can't, I didn't want to say anything. You should have uh, attracted the attention of the security guard. And then uh, yeah. motioned over your shoulder. He, he was like, he was making people stand far enough away from him, the security guard, but he wasn't really managing the queue beyond that. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just like, they had, they both had face masks on. Oh. But, but so they're like, you know, then they're, they're conscious of what's going on. Face masks are the worst, mate. 
Oh, there's so many face masks around. Oh, they're pointless. Oh. Yeah. Absolutely pointless. They it's are. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah. I went. I went shopping to uh, to Tesco uh, the other day, and the I, I checked the website before I went because I know a lot of supermarkets have changed their opening times. Yeah. To like eight a.m. Um, because they they this is a twenty four hour Tesco, but they change it to six a.m. Yeah. Um, and so I checked the website. It said six a.m. So I got there about half past six. Opens at eight. So I thought, well, I could just go home or I could just sit in the car and listen to a podcast for a bit. So I did. And then about half past seven, I started queuing and I was 11th in the queue. Um, And then by the time it got to eight o'clock, the queue was like there must have been about 50 people in the queue. Yeah. So it was quite bad. And there were two things that annoyed me. There was there was one guy who turned up and stood near the front of the queue as if he was just going to like ease his way in and luckily the security the security kicked him out man security came in and they were like no you are not going to do this and made him go and stand at the back of the queue which inside i cheered and i'm I'm quite ashamed of that but you know these are weird times you're a cop yeah um and then also tesco had taped uh six foot intervals on the 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 queuing area yeah. Um, and there were people standing more than that six foot interval apart. And it really annoyed me. It's like stand on the line. They've marked yeah. you a line. Stand on the line. So, yeah, that really annoyed me. Yeah. People. Yeah. People. Iceland had, um, had like printed stuff on the floor. All right. Like, they obviously like got straight on it. Printed up yeah. some floor stickers. Um, yeah. It was a. Uh, very organised, although like you're still just wandering around the shop and having to fucking squeeze past staff who are like blocking the like aisles and that. Yeah. Um, so it's like, oh, all right, well we're doing the social distancing up to a point. Here's what um, it is, mate. You you yeah. got to give these heroes room to do their work. Oh, I hope no, you were no, out clapping for them last night. I <laughs> I got lots of respect for the people who have to go and. Just anybody who's still having to continue to go out and work. I've been lucky, and and yourself, like, lucky to the extent that we can work from home at the moment. We've been sort of given that luxury, and lots of people haven't. And and it's not just people who are, like, in, um, you know, the health care world. Like, it is people having to run the tills at bloody Iceland in in East London. Like, nobody's doing a round of applause for those people they're getting grief every fucking time you go in there i'm sure yeah um your so... supermarket workers uh, i think we're gonna have to have i mean we won't have because it's the kind of country we are but we we have to have a conversation once this is all over about the the way that they are treated in in peacetime as it were um, oh, yeah in in terms of you know uh, sick pay and and low wages um, and you know, often uh, not a full complement of hours a week, but we won't yeah. because we'll we'll just forget all about this, um, and then go back to just uh, hating each other again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the way it is, mate. Um, it's the way it is. I mean, it's my prerogative. Yeah, to hate people. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, you know, I I don't hate them for any any sort of you know particular 
bias or prejudice. No, just because they're human. Yeah, just because they're in my way. Yeah. Anyway, do you want to talk about some wrestling? I mean, we've had so yeah. much time on our hands. We've probably watched some, haven't we? Between yeah. Us. I mean, I, I had a kind of a midweek funk where I got a bit fed up with everything and didn't really do anything. Yeah. Um, so I haven't watched as much as I perhaps should watch. But it, again, it's one of those things where I, 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 my passion is to watch new wrestling as yeah. it happens. And so I'm not as interested in going back and watching stuff that happened a few days ago or a few weeks ago or a few months ago and certainly not a few years ago um, unless it is monumentally stupid and then I will make a special effort for that. So I've only really watched the new stuff that has come out in the past week. I'm quite happy about that, you know. Yeah. It's, it's a decent amount and I've seen some good stuff and still managed to avoid anything from the performance centre. Yeah, I keep meaning to sort of like maybe dip in for some of that just because I think it would be interesting and kind of hilarious. Um, but I haven't. I'm but saving instead, that for mania. But instead, I just haven't done that. So. Yeah. I'm going to watch mania, not live because I'm not an idiot, mm. uh, but I will be watching mania through uh, other means. Um, rather than giving Vince McMahon some money, just to just to have a laugh at it. And you know what? Yeah. I'll, we'll we'll, we'll I, 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 you'll no, probably do the same. So we'll talk about it on a podcast, and um, I'll I'll watch it with fresh eyes. I'll watch it with uncynical eyes and judge it on the product that it is. Yeah, and well, then you know, and then I'll slag it off at a, a later date. I'll be interested to see. I mean, because I haven't been watching it. Um. And we've been, we'll, we'll talk about it anyway, because that's what we're here to do. But I've been watching AEW, which I haven't been doing before all of this has been going on. Um, partly out of curiosity, because I want to see how they handle the, the lockdown stuff. Um, and, you know, maybe in fairness, I should be watching the WWE stuff as well. But I just want to, I, I just want, I want them to do something interesting rather than, I get the feeling that, like, because that, they're not, because they're that way inclined anyway, they're probably yeah. just going to be in a holding pattern. Yeah. Like, at least with AEW, like, there's been new debuts every week since I've started watching. Like, I've watched, like, what, three consecutive weeks. Yeah. And there have been new big stars on each show. Yeah. Um, WWE, I mean, obviously they don't have the same, they're not in the same position. So, I mean, they don't have new people that are debuting as big stars the way AEW do because everybody's leaving WWE to go to that. Um, but, like, it feels like AEW, through all of this, are putting their best foot forward. Um, yeah, and, but it's even, like, you know, perhaps we'll talk about this in a minute as well, but even when it's just a match between two regular AEW guys, like, they, had, they opened the show this week with Kenny Omega and Trent and they just went balls out for 20 minutes just absolutely put on an, a, a great wrestling show which yeah. with all due respect to the people over at, at Titan I don't think they're in the same mindset you know no. it, it is more a job to them um, and oh yeah we've been asked to come and, and do the minimum so we're going to do the minimum um, yeah. I, I mean I may be wrong I've not I'm not watching it so you know, but that's how it 
kind of appears to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, you know, it's um, it's it is WrestleMania season, and they're supposed to be, you know, knocking out of the park. And I think, like, do you, I honestly think like they're missing a trick by not like doing some. I don't want to say groundbreaking stuff, but not like really pushing the envelope with this because everybody is desperate for quality entertainment. And if you provide them with quality quality entertainment during this period, I think people will thank you for it and you will, you know, you'll win new lifelong fans and, or, you know, you'll bring back a bunch of people who have not been inclined to watch WWE in some time. Um, and I think they're doing themselves a disservice by not doing that. Well, what what perhaps I would have done, um, I mean, I'd have done things so so different. But let's say that I'm kind of in the position they are now, but with a little bit more free reign. I might have kind of took a bit of inspiration from what goes on at WrestleMania outside WWE and made a bit of a weekend of it. And so got the new day. To, to host a show where kind of a new day presents um, and you have a few matches on a, a special set decorated for that. A Bray Wyatt uh, presents, you know, a Firefly Funhouse um, show. Um, just things like that where, you know, and you might even decide to go for, you know, Daniel Bryan presents a, a, a pure wrestling show that kind of thing. Just do some extra little things. You've got the talent there because most of them uh, live in Florida or are staying in Florida at the moment. Although I think recent changes with what's happening in Florida might have put paid to this. So while you've got them there, have some of that unique content. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it feels like, I don't know. It, it feels like they're, they're, they're in a position where they can do stuff that they wouldn't normally do. Or even like something like, I don't know, to say like you've got all of these, you've got this, you've got this period that is going to be memorable for, you know, what is going on right now. Why not completely sort of change your focus of your show and have somebody basically be somebody who isn't your one of your number one guys be the number one guy through this whole period? Yeah. Like, Take imagine, an advantage. Like, yeah, imagine like you've got Kevin Owens and he's just kind of like leading the charge through all of this. Like something like that. Like somebody that you've, you've kind of let slip in terms of the focus, but can carry the show in terms of being entertaining. I don't know. Who am I? Yeah. Who am I, eh? Exactly. Who are you? Who the fuck are you? I did see um, uh, one thing. I see um, Austin Theory is going to get his WrestleMania moment. Uh, he's replacing Andrade in a in a match, um, oh, which right. which led to quite a, a a burn tweet from Effie, where he said, "If you'd have told me a year ago that Austin Theory would be doing a match in a warehouse at the whims of a seventy year old man, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but if you told me it was WrestleMania, then I would." Yeah, I yeah. thought it was very very good, very good. Oh boy, yeah. Oh, so man. AEW. AW, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I watched it. Yeah? What do you think this yeah. week? Because last week, I think we, we both kind of agreed that it was p- 
perhaps a step backwards from the week before. Um, you you liked the the Chris Jericho Matt Hardy stuff uh, perhaps a bit more than I did. Yeah. Um, but the whole show was was it didn't feel as coherent as the week before. No, no. Um, it it felt a, a bit more of a throwaway. I think this week they were bang back on form. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know, I thought there was a lot of fun stuff um, this week. I, there, there was there was something that kind of came into my mind watching like the first match on the show, which was Kenny Omega against Trent. Was um, is Kenny Omega no longer a star? Like, I, I mean, I don't. It feels like AEW is sort of keeping him in their back pocket. Um, and obviously, he's one half of their tag team champions at the moment. But it doesn't feel like, you know, he, he they, they mentioned it on commentary um, that he's number one on the PWI 500. Yeah. Um, you know, considered one of, if not the very best wrestler on the planet right now. And he feels like a little bit of an afterthought. Um, yeah, I think they they made a very conscious decision early on, and they they've more or less stuck to this that it wasn't going to be the Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, and Young Bucks show. No, sure. It would have been the easiest thing in the world to to have those four guys right at the top of the card all the time. Um, but the problem is, what do you have? beneath that so i think that they the particularly kenny omega and the young bucks because cody's still in quite a a prime position um the the young bucks and kenny omega have have kind of taken a step back and sacrificed themselves a little bit i think to try and put the, the 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 focus and the spotlight on other people with perhaps a mind to the 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 kind of fandom that those guys have got um, that they can maybe sort of take it back in a heartbeat, whether they can or not, I don't know. Um, oh, but I yeah. guess that, that their thinking is that let's, let's have a year off um, of being like the focus of these shows and we'll occasionally do it, you know, like revolution, that tag match, it was, you know, the young bucks and Kenny Omega and hangman page that stole the show. So occasionally do it like that, but allow the likes of, I mean, Chris Jericho uh, has has come through, uh, John Moxley, um, they were always going to come through. But underneath that, you've got the likes of Darby Allen, you've got Jake Hager, you've got Private Party, um, you've got Orange Cassidy um, and these other guys that I think if they'd have taken the route where it was just the same names at the top, then it would have it would have felt very thin beneath that. Yeah, yeah, no, sure. I, I, I don't know. I, I just I think like North America was hungry for Kenny Omega to be the yeah. top star. Yeah. Um, and I think like he more than Cody certainly feels like the the sort of person at the vanguard of wrestling right now or at least a year ago yeah you know he's coming off of a title run in new japan the very biggest star in new japan at the time um 
and then walking into AEW and kind of slipping down the card. And I understand, like, I understand the sort of mindset that says, well, we need to make sure there are stars up and down the card. But I feel like he, without having him, without having the focus on him be, he is the best wrestler in the world and he knows it. Like having him be a humble tag team wrestler. Yeah. It feels like you're not using him to the best, his best potential. And I feel like, I mean, uh, with this podcast, we've spoken about Cody Rhodes in the past. Like, I think he can be a real sort of mixed bag in terms of that like, he's never going to be he's never going to be having the best matches. Um, and sure, he, you know he's he's charismatic and he brings something to the show for sure. Certainly brings some eyes to the show, but but not not in the way that Kenny Omega does. Like yeah, Cody, Cody doesn't have his fans the way Kenny does. No, there's no question in that. No. Um, but then again, you know, on the, the, the flip side, you, you can do something like they did on this show. And that's you get a guy like Trent, um, who is, you know, he's a fairly uh, decent name, um, certainly in the in the tag division. Um, and, you know, he's got some some um, plaudits as a singles wrestler. And then you, you put him in an opener against Kenny Omega. And it, it was a great match. Um, they, they just went balls out for 20 minutes. And yeah. That that's what you use Kenny Omega for. You you use him to for for the the really good match, um, and then it becomes oh yeah, Trent he's in really good matches, isn't he? Um, you know that that whole thing of in a in a more positive way. What happened with Adam Brooks when he came over here, and people were like, oh Adam Brooks had a really good match with with Will Osprey, so I'm gonna really get into Adam Brooks now. And yeah. it's like you know you maybe don't notice that it was the Will Ospreay bit that was important. And I'm not saying that Trent is comparable to Adam Brooks, you know, they're, they're leagues apart. Um, but it's that kind of thing. I mean, it's just a little thing like Kenny um, selling the, the baseball slide German um, big and the, the, the pile driver big on the show just made Trent feel a little bit more important. So perhaps that's his job at the moment. Um, but yeah. I think by, probably by the end of 2020, although it may get put back a little bit because obviously everything's kind of going out the window at the moment, um, you would see Kenny Omega kind of on top of the cards again, I think, as a run when he's yeah. got people that he can he can fight because their reputations have been made um, while he's been taking a step back. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, I think, yeah. you know, they, they can certainly come back round to, to having him be one of the top guys. And I've got no doubt that that, you know, that that is in the cards somewhere down the line. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, it just feels like I feel, I feel like he's being wasted a little bit at the moment. Um, also, I mean, he, you know, is um, his tag team partner is nowhere to be seen. Um, so it's kind of he really is just spinning his wheels. So um, yeah, okay. Well, there's more on the show to talk about. It's just yeah. the first thing. It's the first match, and it was the first thing that sort of jumped out to me. I've, one one thing I did think about the show, just as an overall thing, is that Tony Schiavone did a decent job as a yeah. commentator. Um, I think we said last time he's not a play-by-play guy. Um, and he certainly thinks that every dive is a is a tope suicida, yeah. um, which is quite funny. Um, Cody is all right, uh, but 
when Colt got in there in the second half, it was it was far better. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Colt's more natural, sort of talking on the mic, and also I just Cody's just got this weird conflict of interest. I just like he, he, I find him such a frustrating character to watch because, as, as we've spoken about before, he, he's on one hand playing, trying to play this impartial, almost authority figure, and then on the other hand, he's got these interests of his own um, going on and, and also he's trying to be funny as well at the same time it's like I don't know I can't I can't handle it too much of a distraction got a lovely dog though isn't he yeah I mean I'll, I'll look at a dog for sure yeah Yeah. show me a dog I'll look at that well talking of dogs you you got a bit annoyed at me for vague booking <laughs> was it worth it <laughs> I mean it was a it was a funny moment. It wasn't worth you doing that and annoying everyone. I mean, you annoyed me, and then everybody else kind of joined in with my, in, you know, indignant reaction to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's Jericho, isn't it? Yeah, that skit was was great. Yeah, and the, there's one thing about it that I've not seen many people mention: that Jericho's there in his hot tub outside lovely house by look by looks of it jericho's got mm-hmm. very very nice that oh, fozzy money must have come doing, in really handy he's <laughs> doing all right um, for himself yeah um he's there in his hot tub gets out of his hot tub to confront vanguard one he's wearing his jeans yeah he's in the hot tub in his jeans yeah loving it Classic. just that's rock star isn't it yeah <laughs> look i've got jeans i've got jeans for wet and i've got jeans for dry yeah, yeah. But I thought that was that was great. Um, the reaction to the Matt Hardy thing last week. Apparently, they since said that uh, it wasn't magic last week that allowed okay. uh, Matt Hardy to teleport around the arena. It was uh, holographic trickery, okay. um, courtesy of the drones. There so, you go. Yeah. So um, he was he he wasn't up in the the top of the arena on, and then teleporting around the arena. That was that was a holograph apparently. So, as, as far as we know, magic does not exist in the AEW world, which I'm a little sad about. But that that should shut some people up. Although it won't, because people are, are looking at the ratings for this week's AEW and and saying, "Oh, that's the Matt Hardy for you." You know, he's driven everybody off without thinking that something else might be going on in the world that might cause people not to want to watch a live wrestling show yeah. um, on on TNT. Um, but yeah, the rest of the show I thought was really good. Um, I thought the matches told a story. Uh, it was nice to see some kind of enhancement talent uh, used. Um, in in one case, like in the in the Moxley match, in an absolute squash. Um, in that he he let his guard down for a, a second, and the guy got like two bits of offense in, and then Moxley completely destroyed him. Um, I liked the women's match. I thought. That the 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 what was the name of the girl Anna Anna J was it Anna something? yeah something like that yeah she um, apparently she's one of um Cutie Marshall's students yeah uh, as yeah. were a lot of the because this was filmed at Cutie Marshall's school this week because oh, right, okay. they've moved out of Florida to Georgia because Florida's gone on lockdown now but Georgia yeah. hasn't yet um so they're they're in Georgia where a lot of them live anyway um. So they used all the enhancement talent from QT Marshall's school. And I thought she was really good, a lot better than a lot of actual 
roster members on the the women's roster in AEW. Um, I thought she she had a good handle on a um, on a on a gimmick and uh, did it really well. And I particularly loved the match, um, which again apparently has, has kind of split audiences between uh, Lance Vance and Marco Stunt. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it enough. Yeah. I mean, again, we're we're getting into like. I mean, it wasn't a straight up squash. No, but it was there just to make one person look good. Not that not the Marco stunt looked bad for it, but it was there to make Lance Vance look like a monster. Yeah. Um, and it, and in fact, it was it was Marco stunt's work that made him look like a monster. Yeah. 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 Um, the, I mean, the the obvious bits um, where you know at the end he was he choke slammed him into the crowd, um, where Orange Cassidy caught him, I noticed, and then Orange Cassidy took a knee in the side from Billy Gunn, uh, which can't have been nice. <laughs> it was like, um, but the the bit for me was where he did a release suplex, not a release German, a release actual suplex. Yeah, he and just loved him. Yeah, and threw Marco Stunt right across the ring. And I really like that. And again, it helped this week with having the, the characters at ringside, providing a bit of atmosphere. Um, they yeah, all which they did didn't their do nice last little bits. Week, did they? No, no. Um, whether it was because at that point Florida had, had restricted things a little bit more, I don't know. Um, but yeah, they, they, uh, they did this. Um, and I've just realised I've, I've talked about Moxley's match. On, on this, and that was actually on dark, um, so I've got a bit mixed well, up. They, they did show loads of clips of it because yeah. it was a long old um, Jake Hager um, sort of promo thing, wasn't there? Yeah, and um, they're going to have an empty arena match at some point. I mean, uh, they all—they're all having empty arena <laughs> matches, so it's oh. very weird, isn't it? Yeah. I presume that means brawling around the arena rather than just being in in the ring in the middle of an empty arena. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, is it really the same without concession stand? I don't know. No, maybe not. Um, I didn't see the point of the tag match on the show. Um, Well, the tag uh, match was entirely because those four men are meeting next week in the first round of the TNT Cup. So that's why you do it. No, 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 sorry. The um the oh. uh, Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall against the Dark Order match. The natural nightmares against D- Dark Order's the number eight and nine. Nightmares. The natural <laughs> nightmares. Get over it. Like nobody's like I just don't think anybody is buying the nightmare thing. I know like Cody was calling himself the American nightmare, but yeah. why is Dustin a nightmare as well? Because he's part of the nightmare family. The Nightmare Family, but that's yeah. oh, stupid. stupid. <laughs> I mean, but, it may be like, stupid, but it, it's a thing. But, you know, like they had QT Marshall, they sort of hinted that he was going to join the Dark Order, and then he didn't, and then they just had a match, and the Dark Order got beat, and it was like, thanks for coming, guys. I eight did like the, that it was Dark Orders 8 and 9. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, not Dark Orders 1 to 7. Yeah, no, no. They they couldn't turn up. It was Dark Orders eight and nine, and then again, Brody Lee killed one of them afterwards. Which well, presumably, liked. obviously, Uno is one. Right. Yeah. And Stu Grayson will be Doss. Is number two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they've probably 
like three, four, five, six, and seven have already appeared previously. Right. Um, and now we're up to eight and nine. Yeah. We had another Brody Lee uh, vignette. Yeah. Yeah. Which is he? Is he an evil cult leader or is he a middle manager? Yeah, he feels a little bit like a middle manager. Like. Yeah. I mean, I know obviously they're sort of limited in what they can do right now, but there's only so many seats of him in a tiny little conference room <laughs> um, that I, I, that can be visually interesting. Like when you've got like Jake Roberts sat like in a dark thing talking to people and it being way more engaging than Brody Lee shouting at his minions. Like you, there's something not quite right there. I mean, um, I'm enjoying it a little bit, but it's all—it's almost a case of, you know, Dark Order minion number 12 goes home and his wife says, what did you do at work today? And he's like, training course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, we had some health and safety um, stuff we needed to go through. Um, uh, Brody Lee got on Skype with um, Evil Uno um, yeah. just to talk through the strategy for the next quarter. I, I didn't quite understand it, but it's all right because I've got a printout of the uh, the power the PowerPoint slides. Yeah, yeah, they sent they sent round all the worksheets afterwards. But yeah, outlook. Um, yeah, you also had like, to fill in a form to say what you thought of the training and how useful it would be for your Dark Order career. I haven't filled that out yet because I've just no. really you know I know Brody Lee is probably going to beat me up if I don't fill it out correctly. So right. Um, yeah. yeah, I just like. Like, it, it feels like I'm watching, like, sketches from, like, um, Mitchell and Webb or something yeah. like that. It's like, <laughs> oh, what if what if an evil cult leader ran an office? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's like, why is he, like, he's getting all upset. He got upset that somebody sneezed last week. He's getting upset yeah. this week because somebody yawned. Next week he'll be getting upset because somebody put his staple stapler in some jelly. Like, yeah. the, and I mean, I'm I'm enjoying this, and but I I don't think that it's got mass appeal. No, no. I mean, like you've also gone from like the Dark Order being this like sinister, um, you know, uh, otherworldly. Uh, I mean, not magical because they're not really magical, but there's no. like a, there's there's like a satanist yeah, yeah. tone to it, like the occult, um, and you know he's the exalted one or whatever, but then he's just like having a go at people for yawning in a meeting. <laughs> Which the like, more you say it, the more ridiculous it sounds, and the better it sounds. He needs to be he needs to be like crucifying them for yawning in a meeting or like. It needs to be like doing human sacrifice because like somebody sneezed at him. Like it needs to be like off the deep end, or else he's just like because Brody Lee. That was never like his character, even when he was like Luke Harper in the Wyatt family. It wasn't like he was like a supernatural kind of occult guy. He was kind of just a a minion, wasn't he? He was like a backwoodsy kind of minion yeah of, and he could only of, of he could only say leader. yeah 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 that's all he could say i mean there is another side to this that Brody lee um took his name because he looked like the actor jason lee who yeah. played the character of Brody in Mallrats. rats yeah um 
Jason Lee is famously a Scientologist. Yeah, well, is that where we're going with this? I don't know. I don't know. It would seem to fit, wouldn't it? I yeah, mean, that may just yeah. be me, like, giving it more depth than it deserves. Well, maybe, maybe the Dark Order or rebrand as Sea Org. Ah. Um, who knows? I, I like. Yeah. So, yeah, I watched... Um, dark as well that was quite interesting they introduced the the tournament on there so they're going to have the tnt title tournament i presume this is going to be a tv title and i hope because aw do a lot of things kind of like old school that it's going to be kind of the regular um sort of tv title rules that it, it only gets defended on the tv show and if you successfully defend it for I think the the amount of, I think it used to always be six defenses, then you retire undefeated and and then they you have to have a match to decide who the next champion is, right. um, and and it kind of gives a little bit of importance that you might not have a an AEW World Title match on every episode of Dynamite, but you'll have a TNT title match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it will be a TV title in that. They only do TV. Yeah. I mean, they have got pay-per-views as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But and there was some talk that the, the final of this was going to be on, on the next pay-per-view, whenever that might be. But I'd oh, actually right. say, no, no, don't have it on. Cause it's just got to be um, yeah. a TV thing. Yeah. I mean, they obviously, like, you know, the size of their roster, they need a secondary title. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's nice to have some self-imposed limitations to it, I suppose. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Shall we see? Yeah, we let's see. see. Yeah. Yeah. So um, talking of seeing. Yeah. What else did you see? Well, uh, this morning I watched the next instalment of The Vice, Darkest Side of the Ring. Darkest Side of the Ring? Is that what it's called? <laughs> It's the dark side of the ring. But I, I guess by definition, the dark side of the ring is the darkest side of the ring. Yeah, well, it could be a dark side of the ring. Maybe two yeah. sides are dark and two sides are well lit. Yeah. Um, dark side of the ring, um, which was all about New Jack. Uh, uh, erstwhile ECW star. Um, yeah. Made his name down in Smoky Mountain Wrestling for Jim Cornette. Was a Jim Cornette on this series, isn't there? Yeah. Like obviously, like they've managed to snag Cornette, um, who you know for the most part is behaving himself. Actually, he's not he's not trashing anything too much. But then I guess he's not being asked to talk about modern wrestling, is he? No. Um. Uh. Um. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I feel like there's nothing new to be told about New Jack, though. Well, like, I mean. There was there was stuff in there that that I didn't know the full details of, yeah. um, and also there was stuff that had passed me by. Um, so I mean, I, I wouldn't say it was a fun watch. It was certainly uh, uh, not as a darker watch as as last week's. No, it was um, certainly an easier watch than that. Yeah, um, because this only contained a, a couple of um, a, attempted murders rather than some actual murder. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, that Chris Benoit could take a bloody page out of New Jack's book, really. Yeah, when it comes down to it, and not go the whole hog. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, it did have some some nice moments in. Um, just just little bits about uh, 
that that I say I never knew, but like the, before Vic Grimes was thrown off the scaffolding, um, New Jack had tased him, and he said, "I, I can't feel my legs." And New Jack saying, "Well, you won't need them." Yeah. Um, and then Jeez. threw him off. And um, I didn't know that the the bit about mass transit that he he had wrestled um, the the midget wrestlers before, and that they were there that night. Um, and that was a, yeah. a wrinkle that I I didn't know about. Yeah, um, I mean, they, they kind of painted it slightly differently to how I'd heard that story told before, in that, in that like, the implication was that he was invited to the show by Paul Heyman um, with a view to them being them performing on the show with the midgets. Yeah. Um, I'd, kind of, I'd kind of heard it as if, um, as if he'd just turned up. It was just another guy that was turning up to try and get on the shows. Um, so yeah, that that's an interesting because also that that kind of frames it more in in New Jack's favour in that case because it is like okay, well he was a wrestler like with some experience that had made some sort of name for himself, so he should have known to some extent what he was getting into. Not that I think not that I think that completely excuses New Jack's actions, but that was essentially his defence. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it kind of it it operates on an acceptance that wrestling is a kind of a shit business in the 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 excuse um, or the main excuse for, for why New Jack went off on on this guy was that he'd come to New Jack and, and asked if he could do these moves with him. And yeah. apparently that was disrespectful. And yeah. you had Sandman saying, oh, is that why he did it? Oh, it makes sense now. And it's like, no, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, in, it doesn't make in it all any right. other world, that does not make any sense at all. That a man came up and said, in this fake fight that we're about to have, um, I'd like to do these moves. And then you say, right, for that, I'm going to really hurt you. Daring <laughs> I'm gonna, to suggest that. I'm going to hope he bleeds to death. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just um, like, but... The, the simple truth is that for whatever reason, and New Jack does hint that it's possibly because of his upbringing, um, and we had some very good uh, kind of um, blurry reconstructions of incidents did, yeah. from his childhood, um, that uh, he's he's fucked up. He's just a complete uh, wrong human. Um, yeah. And you you almost can't judge him by human standards because he's left his humanity behind. Yeah, yeah. Um, Although yeah, he, I mean, he does cook like, a mean spaghetti. <laughs> it, sound like, it sounds like he's had, you know, he's had a rough old time of it. Um, I mean, I, I, like, I only, I only put so much weight behind things like that, though, when it comes to people who have, you know, committed some quite violent acts. It's like, okay, cool, loads of people have gone through shit, though. Yeah. Um. So maybe, maybe don't, maybe don't do that. Um. <laughs> my favourite part of this whole thing, and he's always my favourite part of pretty much everything I watch. Whenever I see him, is uh watching D'Lo Brown react to watching some of this old footage that he hadn't seen <laughs> before. Um, watching D'Lo Brown react as New Jack stabs a man nine times. Yeah. Was yeah. was quite something. I'm I'm a big uh, uh you know. I always, always had a soft spot for D'Lo Brown, um, so it was nice to see him on there. Um, 
and, uh, and yeah, he was he was as shocked as the rest of us. <laughs> Put it that way. I I enjoyed the stuff from Smoky Mountain. Um, you know, what at that time that he was in Smoky Mountain, I I was the only news I got about Smoky Mountain was from the Aptomags. Um, and so the Aptomags would not really go into too much depth um, and, and just said that the gangsters were out of control. And so yeah. stuff like the, the promo about OJ Simpson, um, that was new to me and just incredibly hilarious. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, so I was messaging with, um, with my brother actually about this this morning because I was whilst I was watching it. And um, I was like, New Jack's an arsehole, but also everybody's racist, so I'm kind of on his side. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's how I felt about much of this documentary, because every time, like, you'd be like, yeah, New Jack's stabbing someone and he's being really awful, it would be like, oh, yeah, and then this guy was really racist to me backstage as well. You're like, <laughs> do you know what? You get on with it, mate. You do what you need to do, because those people are awful. But like that's the whole thing. Like I, this isn't new to this documentary, but it's always the way I heard, um, you know, New Jack's sort of the early part of his career pre ECW talked about was that you know that Jim Cornette has basically played the race card with that with those characters has gone. We need some baddies to go up against the um, you know southern white baby faces. Who are we gonna get? Let's get some brothers. Yeah. Like he, he like Jim Cornette has gone, I'm gonna get the people that my audience will hate the most, and that is a bunch of black people. Yeah. Um and, and, that, and that to me is pretty problematic, and I think it really paints um Jim Cornette's place in wrestling um in a bit of a bad light, personally. I mean, a lot of what Smoky Mountain did was sold around that. So, I mean, they, they showed a clip of, of Tracy Smothers uh, coming out to uh, coming out with their Confederate flag. Um, and the Confederate flag was all over Smoky Mountain. Um, yeah. And they 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 did an angle where um, Tony Anthony, um, who was the dirty white boy, that was his nickname uh, yeah. down there. Um, he uh, sold out and, and became a Yankee. Um, and came out with the American flag rather right. than the, the Confederate flag, and that was was anathema to the people of, of uh, East Tennessee. Um, so yeah, it's a very weird place, and I, I can't imagine that um, many black guys would have got uh, a babyface rub down there. No, I mean uh, like there's um oh there's a, there's a famous sort of guy who I think like a, a black guy that did do really well in the South, but now his name's escaped me. Um, so that's great. Forget it. Never mind. Like, like in like the seventies and eighties. Um, but even then it was like, you know, he was kind of popular in spite of all of that. Um, well, this, well, you had, uh, JYD, Junkyard Dog, nah, uh, Bobo yeah, Brazil, no, nah. was, was very big down there. Um, it, it's it's a weird period that even kind of well into the the early 90s to mid 90s um the 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 n-word was a technical term in wrestling uh for yeah. a position on the card um particularly in southern wrestling um so you know you you 
have, bump into a, a black wrestler and be like, oh, what are you up to? So oh, I'm, I'm Bill Watts' N-word uh, at the moment. Um, and that was it. It was just seen how it was. Um, you might be thinking of Sputnik Monroe. Um, it was a, a guy in Sputnik Memphis who, yeah. who wasn't black, um, but had a big black following um, and used to drink in black bars and insisted that um, crowds, when, when he made it to main event, insisted on that crowds couldn't be segregated um, right, okay. and stuff like that. So he was a kind of a, a big hero in the South when it comes to kind of race relations. But yeah, I mean, we're talking sort of 93, 94 and Eastern Tennessee is still behaving like it's 1965. So you can see where, where New Jack might kind of lose it from. And to his credit, maybe, um, Cornette did kind of control him back then um, in that there were no stabbings in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Um, yeah. Whether that was because a lot of the guys in the Smoky Mountain Wrestling locker room could, could handle themselves uh, because they were old school wrestlers. Whereas when you come to some of the guys that New Jack kind of did take his liberties with, they tended to be guys who came into the business a lot later. With the exception yeah. of Gypsy Joe, who was in his 70s at the, t- at the time. Um, so there was nobody really there. Um, you know, because you, you've got to think, like, what if, if New Jack had tried that shit on a Paul Orndorff, what yeah. would have happened? Do you know yeah. what I mean? He'd, he'd, he'd have had a, a broken arm. Um, been knocked the fuck out um, but there weren't those characters around in a lot of the places where New Jack was to kind of to control him I guess yeah yeah I mean ECW obviously I think the lunatics were running the asylum weren't yep. they um, and, and um, New Jack's not the only one that got in trouble for doing certain things at certain times and probably pushing the envelope a little bit too hard um, you could count on two hands the amount of times legal trouble came ECW's way. Um, I did like a uh, standman saying that he tried to save New Jack's bacon and uh, on the mass yeah. transit instant by getting more colour than yeah, yeah, yeah. than mass transit had gotten in the oh, match no, before. It's, it's okay. Yeah, he um, he should have seen the next match. Yeah. <laughs> There's loads more blood in the next match. It's normal. We're just normalising <laughs> it. Um, Do you know, yeah. like, I mean, you couldn't really get it so much from um, this documentary because it was more about kind of the, the bad times uh, of New Jack than the, the good times. But there, there is there's as little in professional wrestling as thrilling as, as New Jack coming out um, to his music and just beating people up while that music plays. It's just, yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think, you know, even even like, even like watching this, there were things that kind of came through where you saw how entertaining New Jack was. Like, not just a complete trash, trash bag of a wrestler, <laughs> not, not just a violent person who stabs people. He was a... He was a he was funny, you know. Yeah. He was a charismatic performer who who drew people in because he was he you know he had he clearly had a sense of humor um, and was able to sort of get that across to people. And then he would stab you. Um, I think this was a good watch. I think you know I, I'm 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 finding solace 
in these documentaries. Um, well, maybe not the Benoit one, but like, um, you know, maybe not solid. That's not even the right word. But like, there's some comfort to be had, like watching people talk about old wrestling. I'd much rather hear people's opinions and talk about old wrestling than than just go blindly watching through back catalogues because matches are great, but like I can watch a hundred great matches and, and they don't sort of leave enough of an impression on me to like it's just it's just churn. It's just like filler, isn't it? It's just yeah. like empty empty carbs. Once you've watched a whole bunch of good wrestling, it's just empty carbs. Like, but not... it's it's something that I've been doing for the 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 fanzine that I've been writing. So I've I've been doing some um, writing about the career of Charles Wright, and oh, yeah. he he was kind of active during a really fun period of WWF history. In that when he was Papa Shango, you had kind of that kind of supernatural stuff with the Undertaker just coming in as well, and and Kamala. Um, and then when he was Kama, the Supreme Fighting Machine, um, it was that period where WWF had really no idea how to combat the fact that WCW was stealing all their stars. And so just threw anything at the wall in the hope that it would stick. And again, you got some really cheesy, really fun bits. And then when he came back in the Nation of Domination, you had the Attitude Era. Um, yeah. And, and it, it's just it was it's been really fun kind of looking over that period. And it's made me want to go and find a bit more from that period um, of, of particularly the failures of that period. Like I want to see the complete arc of Isaac Yankum DDS. I want to see the goon um, in his skates trying to hobble to the ring, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was saying to you the other day, there was once this pack of um VHSs that you could download. It was a VHS series, which was like the best of Monday Night Raw, um, and it, it like it was a. I think there were probably like four of them a year, um, and it ran from like 95, 96, 97, 98, um, and uh, that was a really fun watch because you got to see all of these weird characters, um, and you got to see like the storylines up and down the card sort of playing out because it would just be kind of checking in. Um, as the year went past um and yeah a very strange time in wrestling very strange time but like that's the kind of thing like i, w- I want i want some of the fat out i want us to get to the interesting parts and i want to see the the craziness of, of wrestling yeah um so what else have you been watching you've been watching any non-wrestling stuff um i've been watching um what have I been watching? Watching the second series of uh, Black Monday, right. um, which is a comedy show about the Wall Street crash. Yeah, hilarious. hilarious. Uh, it is. It's really good. It's got uh, Don Cheadle is the lead, um, who one of my friends once pronounced his name as Don Chiadle. I thought that's how it was pronounced. Yeah. Um, I also saw Don Cheadle in, obviously, Ocean's Eleven the other week, where he's right. doing a very good Cockney accent. Nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've been watching that. I've been watching the Chris Gethard show, which is an old, um, not where well, it is old. I guess it's kept coming on for ten years now. Um, but I've been watching it from the big, like back from the beginning. It's like a, started as like a public access sort of chat 
Conan show um, with a bunch of New York comedians. Um, very strange show. Yeah. Um, Did you fun. know that there is a, an after show of Dark Side of the Ring presented by Chris Gethard? Oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah. I might have to, I might have to check that out because um, I like Chris Gethard a lot. Yeah. So um, the first episode apparently had Chris Gethard hosting, Tommy Dreamer, Chavo Guerrero, and then a random comedian talking about uh, Chris Benoit. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah, that that's a bit of a weird <laughs> one to do a sort of um, after show breakdown on the Chris Benoit documentary. Yeah. It's all well and good doing it about the Montreal Screwjob or New Jack or, I don't know, that time... Jeff Jarrett said that he wasn't going to work unless he got paid by Vince McMahon, um, <laughs> which I assume we will get to eventually. Yeah, season um, six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, <laughs> what? Where, where does it go? Where do they get to eventually? Um, <laughs> I just want to know what we get to in season six, the dark, dark side of the ring. They, oh. they get to the point where Vince McMahon made Droz puke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's just the footage from that documentary, but yeah. there's nothing else to it. Um, <laughs> they don't even touch on the fact that Jaws got paralysed many years later on. Maybe that's just in the sort of postscript. Um, Do you know yeah. when I when I first got back into uh, to wrestling uh, as a, I, I suppose it wasn't even first got back into it, but I got back into wrestling kind of the mid '90s again, and. Um, mm. I wanted to get some figures. And I had a friend in America who would be able to get me kind of American only figures. Right. Um, right. And so I, I sent him some money and said, Oh, you know, get me, get me this figure. And it came and it arrived and it was a Dross figure. Wonderful. Yeah. Wait a minute. So you asked for a Dross figure. And yeah. You got one. So I asked it, for one and got one. Cause the way you told that it was like, it was a surprise that you got it. No, I wish it was. I, no. I, I sought after and received a draws figure. Yeah. Uh, um, I think also we'd have an episode on the time Vincent Mann looked down Stephanie's top. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, are they are they going to do an episode about the, the time that uh, Stephanie McMahon gave Randy Savage a blowjob? I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. They're going to do a one about the time um, May Young gave birth to a hand. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, you know what happened to that hand afterwards. I know he appeared I, many years later in a skit backstage, but what where, what what were his sort of formative years like? I was having a, a conversation with the wife a couple of weeks ago about how unrealistic Hollyoaks storylines were, and mm. she brought up May Young giving birth to a hand as a as a, a response. Yeah, I was I mean, like, that was years ago. I mean, fair point. Though. I mean, it is. It's a fair point. Well made. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I don't think the implication was that she gestated that hand for nine months inside her. I think the implication was that somehow a fake hand had got up inside Mae Young's innards. <laughs> and then it came out. Right. I don't know. Actually, let's not get in. Well, that's for the documentary to decide, yeah. isn't it? That's for when we get given Dark Side of the Ring. <laughs> Um, and we we uh talk, we talk about that. Yeah, talk about oh the rise and fall of Lucha Forever. <laughs> uh, 
So yeah, I've been watching some anime. The new season of anime kicked off because it is the uh, is April. The spring season always kicks off in April. So I've started watching two new shows. Uh, one called Tamayomi about a uh, high school basket, uh, high school baseball team. Um, yeah, it's about this girl who she played baseball with her friend when they were little, and she got a really good pitch. Um, but then her friend went to a different school, and there was no one in her school who could take her pitch, who could catch it. Um, so she could never use it. So she drifted out of baseball and she turned up for her first day at high school. And who's there but her old friend. Mm. And so they're going to get the band back together. Okay, all right. So that seems quite cool. It's very sweet. And then there's another one um, about uh, called uh, Kakushi Goto, about a guy who's a manga artist. But he's a manga artist drawing really low rent CD manga um w- one of which is called balls of fury um <laughs> and he goes to great lengths to stop to to prevent his daughter finding out what he does for a living um and it's it's really quite funny it's like um it the first episode really had me laughing uh, in a couple of places because um, it started off with her on her 18th birthday and she gets the key to this shed and it opens up the shed and it's full of the manga her dad drew. So I don't know what happens to her dad. Hopefully nothing because he seems like a nice bloke. But it seems on the 18th birthday, the secret will be out. Um, but oh, as we boy. join it, she's she seems to be sort of about 11 or 12 now. Um, so, yeah, we've got a, a fair bit of time of, of him trying to hide his, his horrible shame um, of the manga that he draws. Well, I mean, I think, you know, hentai is going to be valuable commodity in the post-apocalyptic world as we're not allowed to actually interact with each other well it's um, true physically and um, we're just gonna have to rely on disgusting drawn images um by cd japanese men yeah um, well in in my research for the zine um i've come across a, a hentai about wrestling um oh, which uh, i may write about it's called a uh, ring x mama um, and the, the, the setup is that uh, a young uh, kind of university kind of college guy is uh, in his university accommodation and he's beating off to some Joshi. And um, his landlady walks in on him and uh, rather than being disgusted, has sex with him. And then mm. one of his landlady's friends comes round later that night. And only then does he realise that the landlady's friend is one of the other wrestlers and therefore his landlady must have been the wrestler that he was watching and beating off to. Well, Went a lucky fa- boy. A thousand pages. thousand pages. <laughs> so, yeah, looking forward to, to finding out what happens in that. Yeah, yeah. Sounds, sounds intriguing. Yeah. Um, OK, well, on that disgusting note, maybe yeah. we should call it a day. Yeah. Um, yeah, just uh, keep keep your chin up, Alan. I'll keep yeah. mine up, and we'll uh, we'll get out at the other side of this maybe eventually. Well, the wrestling trios World Cup's ongoing on the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never going to end. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> um, fun, fun, fun stuff for the whole family. Um, yeah. I'll try and get more active on the Facebook group. I kind of drifted away from it a little bit. Well, it's um, all those but... horrible people on there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, I just have to jump in and, and flag people off 
every now yeah. and then. You get involved um, with people and you end up doing things like buying a, a Daryl Allen eight by ten. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that. I don't wanna I don't wanna get into that sort of disgusting depravity. Mate, I'm proud um, of it. Yeah, have you received it yet? Not yet, no. Right. Well, every day I'm waiting by the, the by the you post box. get out to the post box. Yeah. Oh he's gonna he's gonna screw you on that, I know it. Oh man. <laughs> Alright then. Yeah. Um on let's uh let's call it let's call it a day. Um thanks for listening everyone. Hope you're doing all right. I miss you. Go to bed. <laughs> We had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun But the hills that we climbed were the seasons out of time All our lives we had fun, we had seasons in the sun But the world that we need were just starfish on the beach